Hello internet and welcome to episode 29 of Deep Fried Neurons podcast. Today we're talking about Shikhandi. I hope that's not a spoiler to anybody, but it's a story from Mahabharat an Indian epic and I'm really 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 interested in the stories which I which is why I brought you this. Uh so I hope you enjoy. Uh and without further ado I'm going to cue the fucking Today I brought you a story from Mahabharat. Anybody who grew up in India knows about Mahabharat, especially if you grew up like in a Hindu household. And I recommend you watch a movie or read a book about it at least once because it's such an amazing epic. Like I mean, still it'll take you a while though. It's like the longest epic written ever in the world. I think it has about 200,000 verses and 1.8 million words uh took to it written. And even if I tried to brush past the entire thing today, it, I wouldn't be able to like i really want to start uh from the time when ganga married shantanu after promising eight sages that she would finally grant them death and their curse would be over uh and how shantanu was wanted to save one of his children so never mind so that's where i'd like to start but like i can't we would literally be here for four days even if i tried to rush past the entire thing i mean think about it like game of thrones but on steroids it would need like 24 seasons or something like that. I think there's 10,000 episodes of like the Mahabharat series that was done earlier, but it's like super goofy, it's super washed down, it's super pro Hindu dharma. It's a little reductive as well. But it's real. It's so vast and complex that we've been writing books about the subplots of the story to this day. I think like Shashi Tharoor's um, the great Indian novel is actually based on the Mahabharat for sure. Like it's satirical, but it's it's based on that structure. Uh, I mean there's also a humanistic retelling of it that is like going worldwide right now and I'm not sure the name but I'll find it and to be honest I see why I'm not at all religious but ever since my grandparents and parents told me the stories as a child I've not gotten tired of them at all of course it's a story about pride valor destiny power gods life death and how none of it matters in the long run There's no heroes, no villains, just people you like. I mean some people you like, other people you really wouldn't like, but you will never definitely not like everything everybody does in this story. It's a very mixed bag of things. And to be honest, I don't mind talking about Mahabharat more if you guys want more, but only if you want more. If you don't like we'll we'll like leave it here. Now, getting to the story, we're talking about the death of Bhishma. That's what I wanted to talk about. Um Bhishma was the eighth son of Ganga and Shantanu and he literally asked Ganga to drown him in his next birth before he was born as Bhishma to I mean end his curse or whatever because he was cursed to live forever but after Shantanu lost seven sons to the river because of their wishes in the previous birth uh she was asked to keep this one alive and that's how Bhishma lived Ganga followed through her husband's wishes knowing that her child will hate her for living actually but sure that he his will will be the last time he he will be reborn like Ganga assured him that this will be the last time he will be re- uh, reborn Bhishma grew up to be a handsome prince and a fierce warrior but chose to remain celibate in exchange for an immortal life and death at will now of course this is against the very dharma he swore his life on uh because dharma states that generation of the past should accept death and that the next one should have their time on earth 
separate from the earlier generation but this man chose to live forever his father during his second marriage with satyavati gave him the blessing to die only if, uh, if he wishes and when he wishes i mean he the guy was married to ganga i think he had the power to do that and because of his son's choices and his obedience to his father he could marry another time to a woman he loved uh, satyavati's children uh, were born who also looked up to bhishma as a brother but he was a generation before them at least he was already a handsome prince of marriable age managing armies when they were born over the year he was the most instrumental man in the kuru kurukshetra kingdom or kuru kingdom in being a man of the court he was bound to fulfill family's wishes of getting his brothers married now his brothers were not as successful or as handsome as um, bhishma was so naturally as he would do at the time he kidnapped kidnapped princesses for him so he went uh, to kashi and kid- kidnapped amba ambika and ambalika the three princesses as a punishment for the kingdom of kashi to not invite them to a wedding in hastinapur or something like that i'm not sure for those of you who don't know what a swayamvar is this is what it was they were at a swayamvar and a swayamvar is a contest where men try to impress the bride's father so that they can get married to her that's how they did it in the old days at least i mean amba and her sisters were asked to marry vichitra varya who in turn is the grandfather of the kauravas and the pandavas and i'll tell you more about them if you want to know more in another episode but basically they were kidnapped from their home taken by force instead of being won like a trophy so one of them amba was super angry about this so angered by her abduction amba asks shiva the destroyer and one of the gods in the trinity to be the cause of bhishma's death like she herself should be a cause of bhishma's death she was like okay cool but like in next birth like i can't i can't cram it in there i don't think it will go through so eager to kill him eager to be the end of bhishma she jumps into the fire and she is born as shikhandi well not exactly shikhandi is born as shikhandini the princess to dropada uh, but she was raised a man because the sages told his mother that he would grow up to be a man he was a trained warrior and an archer in his own right and could ride the char- uh, chariot as well he was even married to a princess from Dash- dasharna i think it was dasharna who left angered finding out that he had a woman's body she refused to return to her husband and the kingdom of dasharna would not hear a word from shikhandi or his father that he was a man inside a, the body of a woman or that he would have a body of a man some day feeling humiliated and you know like a burden on his family shikhandi ran to his to the forest near his house and with an impulse to impulse and intent to like kill himself that uh, he would rather die than be ashamed to his entire family uh, but before he could go through with the idea of ending himself he met a yaksha in um, in the forest now if you don't know what a yaksha is a y- yaksha is a mystical creature who guards the nature's secrets till the worthy claim them so this yaksha was named uh, sthunakarna none of not that it matters but sthunakarna thought when he heard shikhandi speak about his problem his karma was fine but the universe wasn't rewarding him with whatever like the dharma is in place but the karma isn't uh whatever so what he does 
is that he lends his manhood uh to this mortal shikhandi so now shikhandi is a man in a woman's body with the manhood of a yaksha and um hence he goes back to his home and he demands that his wife be sent to him but she refuses to go so a concubine is sent from uh, his father-in-law who testifies to his wife that he is a man like there is no doubt within me what i felt was in fact his manhood or genitalia if you don't if you haven't caught up however this news didn't go well with kubera the king of yakshas so as a punishment to stunakarna he said that your manhood will be shikhandi's till shikhandi dies not to mention it is dangerous to play with things like these because it was unorthodox nothing of of the sort was heard of before this incident and hence shikhandi remained the elder brother of the chief strategist of the pandavas now when the war waged uh, and the war was waged because a bro can't handle a woman laughing at him and her husbands have a gambling problem uh, bhishma was forced to fight on the side of the kauravas even though the pandavas the opposing team was just as much his great grand nephews as the as the kauravas he'd been a little soft on them to be honest because he loved them but he was such a great threat that not even parshuram an avatar of vishnu could defeat him and when i say he was being soft on them he was never engaging them directly and they never engaged him him directly it was sort of an avoid avoid thing for the longest time even they were prolonging the war but krishna knew he was a threat krishna is another avatar of vishnu and he's a chief ally of the pandavas because he thinks they they have the upper hand here or they have the right over kingdoms here so the pandavas decided they must fight the adharma of bhishma which we discussed earlier he's living as long as he did and he's being an ally on the other side so it is in their interest to end his dharma uh, adharma sorry uh, now this mythological story is where misogyny is not only common but the tradition so the versions of adharma would that are also prohibited in this uh, story is bringing a woman to a battlefield um you couldn't have done that like even to defeat bhishma it wasn't allowed so shikhandi was brought uh, brought in and put on the uh, battlefield with arjun in the chariot and arjun was would use shikhandi as a human shield because out of even out of the doubt of shikhandi being a woman um bhishma would never fire at arjun or arjun's chariot in the risk of hurting in the risk of hurting um shikhandi he couldn't have done that so arjun using his advantage put so many arrows through uh, shikhandi's body that even uh, through bhishma's body sorry not shikhandi's body he was hiding behind shikhandi and uh, putting arrows through um bhishma that bhishma eventually was laying on just a bed of arrows like a thousand arrows through him and um he laid that way for 58 nights till it got too much for him and he died the reason i told you that story is not only because it's interesting and to showcase how much i'm interested in mahabharat but also because shikhandi's legacy is sort of important in today's uh culture of india as well um i'm pretty sure most of you would know about this uh the festival of kuvagam temple shri kuthavandavar temple i'm not sure what the name of the temple is but uh, the temple the festival is called uh, kuvagam in the place called kuvagam which is the largest 
gathering of transgendered people today or like the hijra samaj today in tamil nadu and they celebrate the story from mahabharat of shikhandi the first ever um mention of the third gender or the transgendered people in all of um mythological history of india and i thought it was a story that never gets the attention it, it deserves i'm going to leave some articles about uh, the other events where transgenderism might have been seen in indian mythology but i think it is also a reason why like this is the reason why india was uh, so early on on like un- accepting the third gender i think the, the it's been 40 years or 40 odd years since we've accepted or put at least on paper that you can apply for documents or whatever and you don't have to write a binary tick mark you can recognize the other gender as well the third gender now of course if you live in india you know that like the transgender don't have a lot of rights in this uh, country not on the ground at least they have them in paper at least which is fine i mean which is better than homosexuality which just got legal in 2018 by the way so i just wanted to share this story because i thought it was cool and i, I was wondering why there's such a stark contrast between the reception of transgender people today where um, they're not only misunderstood but they're disenfranchised to the extent that they have the only thing they have in in the entire country is their own community that's pretty harsh i mean like every transgender story that i have come across in the mainstream media at least is that of a child being disowned for having gen- ha- have having great discomfort with the body therein and hence identifying as transgender and wanting makeup and what not but i hope things will get better eventually and genuinely let me know i would i would like to bring up like some stories even from ramayan uh if you guys want but just the offbeat ones i don't want to be mainstream <laughs> i'm sorry i can't i don't realize that irony is not evident when i say it <laughs> but yeah that's the death of bishma and the and the role of shikhandi in mahabharat as i know it oh also guys remember that like there's there's a play done by i'm not sure what her name is i think i saw a video about them on quint um there's a play done by somebody about the life of shikhandi which is quite interesting i saw the play it's called shikhandi but i don't remember the artist who did it um so if you want to check that out that's that's pretty nice and uh, i'm going to leave some links in the description as to like no like first hand knowledge about mahabharat but i'm i'm open to talking about it on my podcast as well if you guys want and um that's it goodbye oh yeah support us on patreon uh subscribe to my youtube channel if you haven't already and uh wherever you're listening to this uh, we're everywhere now we're on 10 platforms um thank you for tuning in and we will be back next week with another one so see you bye